Why is Hanks being a part of it? Hanks has been on the other gate. I think the answer was our first. Um, oh, no, second. Bill. Bill then Hanks. Let's see if he's going to pick up. And our lucky listener is... Not Tim Well, Not Tim. First, eh? Yeah. All right. Well, we uh, we're back. We're out the gate. What's what's going on, Link? Jack, how are you? Good. We're uh, we're down a member, but we've gained we've gained a, we've gained a member. We've gained a guest uh, for the first time on, on her first podcast. Connie, welcome. Hi, Jack. Connie, I'm gonna have to get you to move your microphone up. You <laughs> legend. There we go. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, yesterday at the gym, Link said, oh, get Connie on. Why not? Why not? Connie, you've been with Link for what, a couple months now? Too long? It's probably gone pretty quick. <laughs> You're his better half, uh, his, his, his confidant, his running partner. Um, also faster than him, I think. Isn't that correct? Yep, you could say that. Mario Kart Dominator. Mm. And let's not talk about St. Albans. <laughs> <laughs> Inside jokes? Uh, no, that's so. Connie and I actually met. We raced against each other in the seventy meter race uh, early January uh, in the final. There's a photo of us where we're actually got arms around each other, not just us two. They're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running the race just as a pre-final photo, and I'm standing right next to Con, and I yeah didn't know who she was at that stage, um, and I thought to myself, oh. I, sh- I should probably win this. There's no way Connie's going to uh, – well, you know what? I actually thought there is no way I'm going to lose this race. Yeah. Um, Connie was, what, four metres in front? Something like that. I was like, easy, done, really dubs. not that far in front. Yeah, not that far. But I'll chase her down comfortably. Uh, and it turns out that uh, I did not beat her. Connie comfortably beat me by 0. 0.004 seconds. <laughs> Connie stood on top of the podium and I had to sadly stand next to her. Um, and then Connie slid into my DMs a little bit later Co- on. Connie, you oh, slid in. Hang on, hang on. Let me just say, um, after the race, the amount of times that he tried making conversation with me and he just kept saying the same thing over and over and Do over. Do you remember what he said? What did he say? Nice race. You ran really well. And then he'd stand there for a minute, try to say something else. And then he'd walk away. I was actually covering up my anger because I just <laughs> lost a race that I was probably expecting to win. Uh, but anyway, here we are. I did. And then I slid into his DMs by saying that he needs to get faster. <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's you're like, you know what, I'm going to just bring him down. <laughs> yes. And it's been loss after loss after loss for me since. So, But a win because you found each other. Oh, that's what we say too. There you go. That yeah. means Connie won twice or only won once. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Oh, that's that's a great How You Met story. Um, Connie, do you just want to um, tell us a little bit about uh, what you are, who you are, what, what you kind of get up to, what 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 your being is? What my being? Yeah, what are you about? Um, well, I moved to Melbourne uh, at the start of last year. 
I moved down to study at RMIT, so I'm doing a Bachelor of Osteopathy. Um, I live down in Pearsdale, so near the Mornington Peninsula, um, and I train with Pride Performance. So, yeah, just study, train, live life. Beautiful. And, and whereabouts are you from originally? Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah. Queenslander. How yeah. are you liking the Victorian weather? Um, I miss the heat, but it's really not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Ballarat's a bit shit. <laughs> yeah, that's no, fair. Yeah. It is a bit shit. You're right. Yeah, hundred percent. It's the coldest place in Victoria. We get it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But we don't let the weather bring us down. No, exactly. No, we still we still get on with our day. And so, um, osteopathy. What made you want to get into uh, into that field? Um, I was doing nursing for two years. Um, I didn't like it. it. wasn't for me. It's not for everyone. Um, but I wanted to still stay in my profession as an athlete. And use my knowledge from that side of things and then help uh, athletes in need. So I want to go into the sports side of osteopathy. Um, but, yeah, basically just stay in, in that pathway and just help people out. So you, you like helping people? Yeah. And especially, obviously, in, in your sport because you're passionate about it. Um, what, what do you want to, like, go down the avenue of? You want to work with a professional team or you want to work with runners? You want to work in, in what kind of sense? Um, I just want to work with athletes. I think um, being in a sport for so long, you have that knowledge of injuries and how to bounce back mentally and physically. Um, and then also having that degree on top of it is just an extra extra bonus. So, yeah, I just think being in, staying in that field and helping those athletes that need it, yeah, it's just, I think it's important. Yeah, definitely. Osteopathy, that's one of the biggest words I know. It's one of your favourite words since since hearing it a couple of weeks ago. You Heard have it in been your using last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I use it when the boys start getting too um, like uh, big wordy. Yeah, and they start talking about the the the, the, the d- deeper side of post activation potentiation osteopathy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just how I join the conversation, but it I definitely um, like os- osteopaths because I was introduced to an osteo when I hurt my back. And I would always go to chiropractors and, and it just didn't really feel right. So I went to an osteopath and it just, it felt so gentle and I loved the lady, uh, had a British lady called Kate back home in New Zealand and she helped me, my brother and my dad and mum with stuff and it just changed my life completely. So it really is a life-changing profession that you, you're getting into. For sure. It's definitely holistic um, there to help rehab but also there as a support network as well. So it's definitely a whole holistic and whole-rounded approach to healing and helping. Nice. No, bloody good. Well, uh, yeah, we appreciate you jumping on today. We are down uh, Tim. Tim's away with his family. If you caught last episode, he's in Bega um, with his extended family from his, uh, his fiancé's side, so that's exciting. Um, now, back to the uh, helping athletes. What do you think the main thing that injury and mental kind of comes with being hurt as a professional athlete or just a just a you know backyard kind of footy player or whatever how do you oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say so <laughs> where do you think that coincides with being injured as an athlete and how would you fuck I don't even know what I'm saying yeah, let's Help use an example so Con, uh we'll talk about your little niggle from six weeks ago um so conjuring training six weeks out from stall uh decided the body would tweak a little hip flexor um, 
So if you want to describe that and how you felt probably afterwards and what that, you know, what the, the outcomes were and the decision that you probably had to make um, based on that. Yeah, okay. So I tore my sartorius um, and I tore my ligamentum teres in one session. Um, I was six weeks out. I was in top shape, top form, ready to run fast. Um, I was hitting all the times I needed. Um, tore it in training and um, just defeated. I was so upset. Um, emotionally struck. It was just, yeah, very, very defeating. Um, and I think my emotions took a toll and they definitely took over me. But I had to put that behind and get straight on to sports doctors and ultrasounds, everything, get it done. Um, but I think knowing the end goal, like I was able to push that, th- those emotions behind and get on track to um, finding a result, trying to fix it as soon as I could. Um, so I got told I ideally had to have surgery to figure out what was going on with that hip flexor, um, turned it down. I think as an elite athlete, um, you know your body better than anyone else. Um, And I thought that I was definitely strong enough to go through that process of uh, rehabbing it myself and getting back in time. So that's what I did. Um, It was very, very hard. A lot of hours, a lot of extra stuff that needed to happen. But yeah, I think when you've got a a big goal at the end, you you just do it. You put your head down, get to work and let the emotions take a back burner for a little bit. So I was definitely down for one day. That was a tough mm, day. I came down that day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I had two Zoopa Doopers. Made me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I think after that day and talking to my coach, Matt, like we still had that goal in end and yeah, I definitely knew I was strong enough to come back. So that's what I did. Where's your dark place? Where, where on, the, on that day where you were down being told, hey, you're going to need surgery, where does your mind take you straight away? Um, I can't do it. Um, I'm not going to get back. It's only six weeks. It's really not that far. Um, it's not possible. Yeah, a lot of doubt. But um, talking to Lincoln, my coach, my family, my mum, the like close support network that I've got definitely helped. Um, and then, you, yeah, you just got to climb back out of that shell and get back to work. Damn right. Mm. That's it. You've got to climb out of that yeah. shell. And I think now when you look back on it, um, how does the way you dealt with that situation make you feel? So proud, so proud. Um, proud of where I've come from. So being so self-doubting and in that shell, but I'm proud of how I came back out of it, um, adapted myself to the situation I was in, um, and yeah, just smashed training and did everything I needed to to get back. And I was on that start line for stall. So damn right. Yeah. So now let's let's take the stall. Um, you both raced in different events. Um, yeah. Talk, talk us through how the weekend went, guys. Do you want to go first? I can go first. Uh, yes, I was going in not not injured or anything, just under a little cloud of I didn't know if the body would hold up. We discussed that last episode. I was, yeah, hopeful that it would. Uh, ran the 70, didn't run that fast. I was like, oh, it's not good. Ran the gift, didn't run that fast. Saw Connie. Connie was like, well, are you okay? I was just like, oh. A little bit flat, to be honest. Um, And then I wasn't actually going to run the 400 metres. I was going to skip that and have a crack at the 200 metres the next day. Um, And I actually said to, I reckon maybe, Haintsy, I'll just have a bit of a jog around um, in the 400 metres and see how I go. 
And I got up to that start line. I didn't do much of a warm-up. I barely warmed up and just kind of ran it. And as soon as the the gun went off, I was just like, all right, uh, let's let's go, basically. And I ended up winning my heat. Um, so winning the heat qualified me for the final. I had the second fastest qualifying time. Um, and then I found myself as yeah one of the favourites for the final on Stall Monday. And it's a pretty big pretty big deal to just run on monday um at stall that's either generally you're either made a semi-final of the gift itself or a, or a big final like the 400 um and yes sunday didn't do too much i was going to run the 200 decided against it thought oh, holy shit i might actually have a crack here at the 400 um there's three of us squad members from the pod squad all running uh so stewie and patty patty was the, the favorite with the fastest qualifying time um, and I went in on Monday just basically saying to myself, there is no tomorrow, which is a little video that I sent through to Haintsy again all weekend. Um, I just said, yeah, there is no tomorrow. I'm going to have an absolute crack at this when I get to that start line. I knew Paddy was going to be very hard to, to beat, um, but I was just going to run my race and run to the end. And, um, yeah, I managed to obviously uh, finish in second place behind Paddy, um, ran a PB. I've never ran that fast before off that handicap um so yeah i was super proud of yeah getting our podium finish in a stall gift 400 final which not many people can say they've ever done um it still wasn't winning and i was so happy for patty because one of my training mates one of my really good mates and we've worked so hard for him to win that um but at the same time like you still don't race to come second so i was still a little bit disappointed but stoked that i was lucky enough to yeah to pick up that second place and to have a yeah, it was a, it was a, just a good weekend. Good people to hang out with all weekend. Um, we had a ripper Monday night, which I'm sure we'll talk about after Connie talks about uh, racing. Your turn. <laughs> um, okay, so I went into stall for one event. So I just went for the 120, the gift. Um, I went in with very high expectations. Um, not a lot of pressure, just high expectations and knew what I wanted to do. Um, I went in, I won my heat, so I got the job done. Me and my coach, it's what we wanted, so it happened and we were happy with that. Um, went away Sunday, chilled out for the day, didn't have anything on, um, and then came back the Monday ready to, I guess, finish that goal. Um, yeah, lined up for the semi, I felt really good, no niggles, nothing was sore, I was ready to go. Um got on that start line I just crumbled I just yeah um cameras in your face uh there's a lot of people in the stands I've never been at store before so it was very overwhelming um in my head I was ready and I knew I could do it but as soon as that gun went I just had a really good start um but yeah I just couldn't finish finish what I went to do so I left with a third place in the semi so disappointing at the time very yeah, same as before defeating, but um, I took a lot away from it, so I was proud of how it finished. Connie, when you say crumbled, talk talk us through for those of us who who, who don't do athletics, and, and when you're at the starting blocks, you're getting ready to go. What is what is crumbling in that situation? Yeah, so I think fear overtook me. Um, I have this thing that when I start, I just look straight down straight down the track at the finish line and picture what I'm going to do, manifest it. Um, 
but there were just a few things that I did differently that day. So I looked beside me. I looked at the favourite in the race, not what I usually do. Um, I got in that start block and looked down the the track again and, yeah, the gun went off and um, took off fast, like I said, took off good. And then um, you could feel people coming beside you and you just start to tense and just get too tight. And as a sprinter, you can't, can't tense um, yeah, it's all your mechanics go out the window and everything just falls. So, yeah. But like you were saying before, you, you got told you were going to have to have surgery. Yeah. And you look where you got to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I walked away, yeah, defeated, but at the same time I, I was very, very, very happy. Um, same as Lincoln. It was a good weekend, good company. Um, it was great watching him run. It's great watching everyone want, run. Um but it was also uh, just really good being with my squad. Um, so you go through a whole season with them and you go through the hard times, good times, tough training sessions. Um, so just seeing everyone compete and get out there and do what we love doing, it was just, yeah, it was great. And first stall, so definitely be back. But, yeah, not sure what, what, it, what next season will be. But, yeah, work towards it and see what happens. Bloody good. Yeah. And then... Now that you're you're done, uh, we were talking um, while you're having lunch earlier. So you you have a bit of time off now. Yeah. What what does this kind of off season look like for us for a professional sprinter? Yeah, so um, we stop training for a bit, so we really have a break. Um, I'll still go to the gym. I'll still take my dogs for a walk, like do active stuff. But um, in regards to sprinting, we do stop for about three to five weeks. Uh, and then we'll slowly come back into some longer stuff, conditioning, um, and then build back into those sprinting mechanics and then back into the actual sprint. So, yeah, it'll take about a month and a half, two months to get back into that. Nice. Yeah, so it's a good break. Uh, now, after the races, obviously the emotions are flying up, down, smiles and frowns and whatnot. You get back to your hotel. I know you're with um, Hainsey and Micah. You two were there. What was the plan? Uh, I know there's a little uh, video going around. Uh, it's not viral yet, but I'm sure it would. <laughs> Connie, what happened uh, with the bathroom? Why did Hainsey have to go outside to use the toilet? I am not in or was not in any state of mind to explain this. I'll leave that up to Lincoln. <laughs> Luke? Uh, no, so after, after all the racing was done, we, yeah, went and had some drinks. Back home, then we rolled into uh, the Stool Gift Hotel, so the pub, for a few drinks as well, some dinner. Um, everyone's in just such a good mood because, yeah, as Connie's already said, like you work so hard for this weekend, you get it done, and it's like, oh, I can just relax, that, that sigh of relief. So we're all having a couple of drinks. Um, an absolute boogie on the dance floor, Hainsey's. <laughs> we, we will cut off a couple of little clips of Hainsey dancing yeah. on the dance floor. It's a ripper. Um, the man can move. The man can move. We had Absolutely. a DJ. So the Stall Gift Hotel was actually going off. There's a DJ. We had an absolute ball dancing all night. We rolled back into our little hotel at probably, what, maybe 12.30. At this stage, um, Connie was probably not feeling sensational. Uh, was perfectly fine at the store hotel, but that half an hour car ride just knocked her around a little bit. Uh, and then Connie found herself at some stage passed out asleep 
uh, in the fetal position in the middle of the bathroom. So Haintsy, Micah and Dun, who were all staying with us, were unable to use the bathroom until I covered Connie up in a, a what? few towels. <laughs> Wait, well, where, in, where, did, where did the clothes come off, Connie? When, when were you like, you know, I'm going to get naked? <laughs> I, th- I think I remember saying I just want a hot shower and go to bed, but I never made it to the bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so then, yeah, Connie was asleep on the bathroom floor. Uh, it was about 2.30. I was like, all right, we've got to get to bed here. So it was more of a little carry place in the bed, get a little bucket next to the bed, and uh, we fell asleep. Hopefully, I think it was like quarter to three-ish, roundabouts. So... Successful, successful weekend, successful night. Really rough Tuesday, one would oh. say. Shell of a human. Not the same person. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm still recovering. <laughs> still recovering. We, uh, we had to drop Connie's mum off at the airport and I think Connie was asleep for 99% of the trip there and the way back. So I had a great company. Uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> um, we're on the mend now though. Yeah, yeah I'm getting there. It sounds like a great time, and and it's a good reason to to let loose, let your hair down, because I'm sure while you're in race season, you're not really doing that. No, we were actually saying that uh, last night, um, not really in regards to drinking, but eating. So we're off season now, um, so it's not as strict, you'd say, mm. on the food consumption that we can eat and what we can eat. Um, but we were saying that, like, you get into this habit of eating healthy throughout the season for six, seven months. Um, when you have the ability to eat whatever you want now, it's just because you've got that habit, you just you don't want to turn to that type of food. Mm. So we had a burger the other night. It was great. Don't get me wrong, it was great. But just the feeling the next day was just, yeah, it was just bit of a yuck feeling so yep. you just get addicted to that feeling fantastic all the time and even yesterday i had some sliders for lunch and ch- hot chips and then by 4 p.m i was crashing i was like oh like i don't like this feeling like i'd much rather have a, a light salad with a little bit of meat for lunch and it just makes you feel so much better when you're eating consciously and healthy healthily um yeah even in the off season yeah N- not sure. that i have an off season but like yeah it's we're still gonna cook pretty healthy for the rest of this week and eat reasonably healthy keep their consistency up keep the you want to keep the good vibes going yeah because it is true when you eat like shit you feel like shit yeah you think you want it or you go oh like I'm, I'm the worst for it i've got a very unhealthy relationship with food but you know we're all working on it now connie you have been staying here in ballarat link What's he like in, in home life? Because the man lives alone. It's a, it's his it's his bachelor pad. Not not anymore. Can you talk us through a bit of the home life? You know, you've been living together for the last week. Yeah. Um. He makes great coffee. Yeah. So I've swapped him from almond milk to oat milk. That was a big change. That was a big change. Big change. Good change. Um. Because now I actually like the coffee in that machine now, so it's drinkable. <laughs> <laughs> um. But he has this thing with cupboard doors. Mm. He'll just open them and they just stay open. And then he'll open the cup door and it'll stay open. Then the cutlery drawer and it's just open. And then he makes all his food and he'll sit on the couch. There's all these cupboards just open in the kitchen. So I like walk behind him now and I shut it, but I shut it with meaning so he can hear it it shut. (laughs) Let me justify this. Here we go. If I'm in there, I know I'm probably going to go get a cup later on, right? So why am I going to waste the energy to close the cupboard door 
and then open it again. It just makes sense to leave it all open. If I could, I'd have all my clothes spaced out so I could just grab them from whenever. They already are. <laughs> oh, okay. So the clothes everywhere. We haven't unpacked yet. <laughs> I have. I have not. <laughs> now with the cup situation, because I see where both sides of the story are coming from, but Link, why don't you just use the one cup? Uh, and and not need or do you put it in the dishwasher or sink or something? Yeah, every use. Yeah, generally. So I'll probably go through like maybe four or five cups a day. I reckon. Even, like even just a water cup. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. So I'd have one in the morning. I have a coffee cup. I have a water cup in the morning. I then have another coffee cup in the afternoon. Uh, probably like a post workout shake cup in the afternoon, and then I'd probably maybe have like a hot tea or another coffee cup or a water cup of a night time as well. That's a lot of cups. A lot of cups. But when you have a dish, you have a dish.